Welcome to the Just Glow With It podcast, a lifestyle and personal development podcast inspiring women to glow up and create the life of their wildest dreams. I'm Jasmine, podcast host, certified life coach, and your go-to glow girl for all things living an aligned life of abundance, beauty, and luxury. Just Glow With It is for the modern woman who is here to do the real work, make mindset shifts, and are also down for happy hour with the girls. We're combining the metaphysical and material world in order to create our most aligned, high vibe, and abundant lives. If you're ready to tap into your glowness, uncover your divine purpose, and live a fabulous luxe life, then keep on listening. As always, remember to just glow with it. Hey besties, welcome back to another episode here on Just Glow With It. So today's episode, I have a self-growth update for you guys. I'm sharing with you all a little bit about where I am in my self-development journey, what I'm currently working on, new habits and practices that I've been implementing to help better myself. If you are listening to this podcast, and clearly you are a fan of all things self-growth, personal development, leveling up, glowing up, all the things like myself. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode, you find some inspiration, some tips that you can add into your own personal development journey. I don't really have any important updates for you guys, so we can just go ahead and get into this episode. Okay, so as I said, if you're listening to this podcast, then you are clearly a fan of all things personal development, self-growth like myself. If you know me, you know that I'm constantly working on bettering myself each and every day. I have my daily wellness habits that I do, such as my morning routine, my evening routine, journaling, listening to podcasts, all of those things. And all of those simple habits that I do on a daily basis really help to better who I am as an individual mind, body, and soul wise. But apart from those daily wellness habits that I do, I have also been implementing these new practices. Well, they're not really new practices, but I've been more intentional with practicing these simple habits that have really helped me to better myself, to overall feel better, think better, and really just nourish myself a little bit extra. So I wanted to share with you all some of the things that I've been doing differently and some of the shifts that I've made that have really helped me in this personal development journey that I'm in, in this self-love, self-healing journey that I am on in hopes that, of course, it inspires you to continue to do the same and maybe take some ideas from this episode. One of the things that I'm currently working on is cutting ties with my old self. Recently, this last week, I visited my hometown. I was there for about a week. I visited my family, obviously some friends. It was a pretty chill, low-key visit back home and something that I was telling my cousin while we were out having lunch, she grew up in the same hometown as I did, I was telling her that when I come back to my hometown, I almost feel like my old self again and my old self of who I was when I lived there was someone who was very insecure, didn't think much of herself, lacked worthiness, self-love, like who I was and what I went through and experienced while I lived lived in my hometown was not very pleasant and I don't really have great memories of being there. And so I was telling her that when I do visit, obviously I love seeing my family, I love seeing my friends and spending quality time with them, but when I am in town, 
I almost start to feel small again. And I start to feel like that younger version of who I used to be. And I have to remind myself that I am no longer that person I used to be when I lived there. And I don't have to hold on to that version of myself who thought the thoughts that she did or who had the feelings that she had. Like, it's okay for me to move on from that. And it's okay for me to take up space in a way that my old self couldn't. It's funny because when I am anywhere else other than my hometown, I feel like the version of myself that I am today and all the work that I've put in and all the growth that I've experienced, that is who I I feel and seem and how I see myself. But then when I go back home, I see myself from a different perspective. So a lesson that trip back home taught me was that I need to cut ties with the parts of myself that I am still holding on to that do not serve me. And that's not to say that I need to forget about what I went through or how much I've grown. I think that there's definitely strength in being able to look back and see how much you have grown and you know all of that but I think if we aren't careful sometimes we can get lost and go back to that time and place of who we used to be or where we used to be and kind of get stuck in the past and that's something that I'm trying to not do and so something that I'm currently working on is to let go of that version of me and come to terms or come to peace with knowing it's safe for me to let her go. It's safe for me to make peace with that version. That version served its purpose. I was who I was for a reason and I, you know, went through the lessons that I did for a reason and without my old version of myself and the things that I went through, I wouldn't be here today. So along with my visit back home, I also received some really cool opportunities, but what I found myself doing was doubting if I am even worthy of these opportunities or if I am even capable of making this opportunity work or, you know, being able to succeed in it. And I I realized it was because, again, I'm still holding on to certain aspects of my old self, which in this case, it's lack of faith in myself or feelings of unworthiness or like I'm not good enough or not deserving. The way that I am learning to cut ties with my old self is of course by creating new habits and choosing to think a different way obviously but the way that I'm choosing to actually remove the old version of me has been through positive self-talk. So of course we all know We shouldn't think negatively about ourselves or we shouldn't speak negatively to ourselves or to anyone for that matter. How many of us actually go out of our way to feed life and love and positivity into us? Like we know we shouldn't think or speak badly, but do we actually think and speak positively? Overall, my intention is to actually go out of my way to tell myself positive things and actually believe those things. And I'm just learning that not speaking negatively is not good enough. I actually have to speak positively to myself. So the second thing that I've been working on in my personal growth journey has been to physically show up for myself especially when I am going through it or I'm mentally having a bad day or whatever the case is. Typically, what I would do in the past when I was having a bad day or just going through it is I would self-sabotage. So let's say I was having a bad mental health day. 
what I would do back then was probably stay in bed all day, be on my phone, not nourish myself with good food, not drink enough water. I probably didn't even wash my face or brush my teeth. Essentially, I self-sabotage and made myself feel even worse, which of course just spiraled into this negative dark cycle until I was at a point where I needed to get it together. Recently, I've noticed that I have been breaking that pattern of self-sabotage and actually physically showing up for myself. So this past weekend, I came back home from my trip back home and literally the next day, my boyfriend went out of town. So I hadn't seen him for over a week. I came back home and then he left to go out of town as well. So it was a while that I didn't see him. So that on top of kind of like being alone for the weekend and and what I was, whatever I was mentally going through as well, I felt kind of down and I felt kind of sad and I knew that that was an opportunity for me to show up for myself. So instead of self-sabotaging and staying in bed all day and not drinking water and, you know, feeling sorry for myself, I did the exact opposite and without even thinking about it, I got up the next morning, did my morning routine, I journaled, I did all that and then I started cleaning and organizing my apartment because that makes me feel good. I made myself a healthy meal that I love. I went on a walk and I actually walked to Starbucks and got myself a Starbucks. I So I killed two birds in one stone. What I also did was I let my partner know, hey, I'm feeling kind of down. I'm feeling kind of lonely, whatever. And then I also went out of my way to text my best friend and schedule a FaceTime date because that was what I needed. And so doing all of those little tasks really helped me to feel better and to just show up for myself made the biggest difference and it actually wasn't until the weekend passed and Monday came around when I was kind of reflecting on my weekend and I realized what I had done and I realized that I had broken that habit or that pattern of self-sabotage and I was actually very proud of myself because let me tell you I used to be the queen of self-sabotage okay the queen of feeling sorry for myself the queen of making shit worse and it just felt really really good to know that without even being conscious of it I was choosing to do things differently and actually do things that were helping me instead of hurting me. So the next thing that I'm currently working on is releasing an all-or-nothing mindset. So according to Google, an all-or-nothing mindset is an unhealthy behavior that consists of a very black and white view of thinking. So you might process things in extremes, sometimes limiting you to actually doing the thing out of fear or failing or going for the I already ruined my diet, might as well go all in and start over on Monday type of mindset. So basically it's the idea that let's say you binge eat one day, you're like screw it, I'll start my diet next Monday, when in reality you can choose to do better the next day. Or for me, for example, a perfect example of an all or nothing mindset is let's say I wake up late one morning and I'm like, screw it. I woke up late. I'm not going to do my morning routine. I'm not even going to try to make today a good day because I woke up late. That is something that I used to do all the time thinking that, you know, if I didn't start my day off the way I intended it to start off, then my whole day just was ruined and there was no point in trying and making it better. And 
Of course, now it's not as bad. I mean, it's not as extreme, but sometimes I do find myself thinking like, oh, I skipped my workout today, so there's no point in eating healthy. When in actuality, just because I skipped my workout doesn't mean I can't still make healthy choices or work out later in the day. So that is something that I'm that I'm still working on. And again, it's not as bad, but it's still something that could be improved. And I know that a lot of us you know, struggle with this as well. And it's something that I think can hold us back in so many ways. And it's just really all about a mindset shift or perspective that needs to be changed. And, you know, realizing that just because one thing didn't go as planned or was ruined doesn't mean that everything else has to go to shit. And I think what has helped, what has helped me in releasing this all or nothing mindset is reminding myself that I am in control of how I feel, what I do, and how I think. And even if, you know, I had a really bad morning, I can choose to reset in the afternoon and for the rest of the day and decide that the rest of the day gets to be okay or it gets to be better or whatever the case is, and remind myself that just because I didn't do one thing doesn't mean I have to give up on my entire day. So what has also helped me with releasing this all-or-nothing mindset is at the end of the day, giving myself credit for what I did do and not beating myself up for, you know, not completing everything on my to-do list or maybe not starting out my day on the right foot. I make sure to acknowledge what it was or what it is that I did complete or get through or overcame and that really helps me to not be so hard on myself and not put these unrealistic expectations on myself. So that has been very, very helpful. So speaking of unrealistic expectations, the next thing that I've been working on is releasing the need of perfectionism within my relationship. So I know a lot of us can relate to dealing with perfectionism. Personally, for me, I don't feel like I deal with perfectionism when it comes with myself like I really don't care to be perfect to me the idea of you know being perfect looking perfect whatever seems exhausting and I've never had that that desire however what I have realized as of recently is although I don't have this idea that I need to be perfect I do have ideas or unrealistic expectations that my partner needs to be perfect and that is absolutely not fair clearly to anyone because no one is perfect people make mistakes people are going to disappoint you even if it's not intentional it it's just a part of life. We're all human, right? I recently had this realization actually this morning and let me just tell you this little quick story. So typically I make the grocery list for my boyfriend and I. I like to cook, he cleans, you know, that's our thing and I make the grocery list and he usually goes and does the grocery run. So he comes back after doing, after going grocery shopping and I'm like looking through the things and I realized that he got some of the wrong things. For example, instead of getting teriyaki sauce like I put on my list, he bought soy sauce and um, he also bought like a veggie stir fry full of certain vegetables I don't like. As I'm explaining this, this probably sounds really dumb and minor and like not a big deal, right? It completely ruined my mood. I was in such a happy, positive mood and when I saw that he bought soy sauce instead of teriyaki sauce and then he bought a veggie stir fry that I 
I personally wouldn't have picked out, I instantly got into a bad mood. And he could tell he asked me, like, what's wrong? And I was like, "Mm, nothing's wrong, when clearly something was wrong. Basically, I... I felt really irritated and I felt really annoyed, but I didn't feel like my level of annoyance was justified for what the issue was. You know what I mean? And because of that, I felt more annoyed with myself. Like, yes, I was annoyed that he got the wrong item, but at the end of the day, it's not a big deal. Like, we could just go to the store and get the right thing. Like, it's not that serious. But I was getting more annoyed with myself because I was annoyed when I knew that it wasn't a big deal. And so what ended up happening was, you know, after he came back from the grocery store, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to work out. And so I ended up working out. And as I was working out, I couldn't stop thinking about this. And I was just asking myself, like, why am I so irritated about this like it's not a big deal I shouldn't be this upset and I was just getting more upset at myself because I was upset about something so stupid and so what I ended up doing I I was like YouTubing literally this is what I put on YouTube why do I get so irritated over stupid things like literally that's what I put and I came across this video I believe it was called seven reasons why you are highly annoyed or seven reasons why you get irritated easily something of that nature and I was watching this video and a lot of the things it was saying I was like no that doesn't resonate no I don't feel like that's what it is like for example one of the things was you don't get enough sleep or um you have too much on your plate and you need to prioritize self-care and I was like no I get enough sleep I definitely am someone who prioritizes my self-care I don't feel like that is it and then he said you struggle with perfectionism and again I was like "Mm, no I don't feel like I struggle with perfectionism myself but then he started saying you know you maybe have unrealistic expectations with the people in your life and when they don't reach those expectations you get irritated and so I started thinking about that and I was like wait a minute I think this one makes sense and so I started reflecting and asking myself like why am I really annoyed like what am I annoyed about I realized that I was annoyed because one my partner made a mistake the second reason I was annoyed was because he obviously got a packet packet of vegetables that I particularly don't like and so in my mind I thought he should know that I don't like these specific vegetables like that's not what I eat and he should already know that and that is an unrealistic expectation to assume your partner should know everything about you or they should like be able to read your mind because if I'm honest we've probably never had a conversation of hey I don't like these specific vegetables so that's not realistic that's a common mistake that anyone would make and it's not realistic to think or to expect that my partner will never make you know a simple mistake such as that and so I started you know going a little bit deeper and asking myself okay why do I have these unrealistic expectations or why do I feel like he needs to be perfect or he can't make a mistake or when he does make a mistake you know I get easily irritated 
And what I came to realize was the reason why I have these, you know, unrealistic expectations or these super high expectations with my partner is because in the past, in previous relationships, I've been hurt. I've been, you know, mistreated, lied to, you know, taken advantage of. And obviously those things are a form of trauma and they impact you in one way or another. And for me, the way that I feel my past relationships impacted me was by putting these super high expectations so that I could never be disappointed, if that makes sense. So basically with like my past relationships, looking back now, I feel like because I had such low self-worth. I had low expectations of how I should be treated or how, you know, a man should be to me in a relationship. So to avoid that feeling ever again, I placed these super high expectations of how a man should treat me and, you know, how he should make me feel so that I never feel as low as I did in previous relationships. But the problem with that is that sometimes we create these super high expectations that are absolutely unattainable for anyone to me, including myself. And so, you know, I had this whole epiphany in my mind as I was working out and I came back home. I told my my boyfriend, you know, I'm sorry I got so upset. It's really not that big of a deal. This is actually why I'm upset. And, you know, we talked about it, we worked through it, but I just, you know, I had that realization of, wow, I have been placing these unrealistic, unreasonable expectations on my current partner because I am afraid of feeling the way that I did with my past partners. And so now I know that I need to find this balance between, you know, knowing my worth and knowing, you know, what I deserve, but also not being so unrealistic with my partner. Yeah, that is something that I'm definitely going to have to work on, but I'm glad that I now have the self-awareness to it and I know what I need to work on and where it stems from and the next time I am faced with, you know, a similar challenge or opportunity, I can now realize, okay, what is really going on here? Am I really upset about this or am I upset because, you know, acting out of fear from something that happened like seven years ago? So I hope that makes sense. But anyways, these are some of the things that I'm currently working on to really better myself as a person, to make me feel better, to help me feel nurtured, nourished, to help me thrive and just overall feel and be a better person overall on top of obviously like my daily wellness habits and rituals that I do. This whole lifestyle change of not working more than I live has literally been the best thing that I could have done for myself. I no longer feel this pressure to have to be be on all the time or be productive all the time and produce content and do a million things. Like I'm really learning to find peace and comfort and ease in doing nothing and not needing to be that girl 24-7, which we are always that girl, whether you are doing your morning routine or sleeping in till 10 a.m., like you are always that girl. As long as you feel your best, you don't have to be super healthy and productive 24-7 to be that girl. Mm -mm. So this is where I'm currently at in my self-growth journey. This is probably my favorite phase in my self-growth journey thus far. I feel so much as I said, less pressure. I feel very good 
with where I'm at, my mindset, what I'm working on, my priorities, my values. I feel so, so, so good and I'm really happy right now. So anyways, my loves, that is all I have to say for today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed. I hope you got some pointers, some tips here and there. If you loved this episode, I would so appreciate if you could leave an iTunes or Spotify review so more lovely people can discover this podcast. If you enjoy this episode, I would also love if you can screenshot this episode, post it on your Instagram stories, tag me in it so I can thank you for listening. And that is all I have to say. So as always, until next time, remember to just glow with it. Bye.